0: This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale.
1: The more diversity of thought and the more diversity of background of the people working at tech companies, the better. So you have the data scientists. Many of them might come from a very technical background. And then you've got the business side. And these are two separate worlds and they have a very difficult time communicating and understanding what their priorities are. The blockchain
0: idea was around 91. So about the time that the Terminator 2 movie was coming out, the same idea of, in a digital world, we need verifiable documents. Everything's downloaded. Let's boot up the system. Hello everyone, I'm your host Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The 20th century was the century of the electron. But that's old news. The 21st century is a century of the photon, and photonics technology is revolutionizing every industry from Pro-AV to IoT to AEC, powering fiber optics, improved homeland security, and topographical scanning to name a few. The evolution of the products themselves has also been tremendous. Whereas previously, photonics were used more for inspection of products, photonics are now the core components powering those products, creating a chain reaction that goes all the way up to internet services, cloud storage, e-commerce, and even deep space exploration. How and why exactly has the technology grown so much in the last few years? And how do manufacturers stay ahead of the diverse and expanding markets photonics are now serving? Here to give us his insight is Glenn Jackling, president of Applied Image. He breaks down the latest and greatest in photonics, from 3D imaging to augmented reality. With these innovations, however, have come challenges in production. Projects reaching into microscopic and monstrous sizes are pushing the envelope of Applied Images and other photonics companies' capabilities. Fresh off a meeting with the Rochester Regional Photonics Cluster, Jacqueline clues us into the dramatic local growth of the New York photonics industry as well, and how it's a positive representation of where the global industry is headed down the road. All right, Glenn, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing this morning? Great, thanks. Yeah, great to have you on. How was your weekend? Did you get a nice break? I did. It was my birthday, so I got to celebrate my
1: birthday this weekend.
0: Okay, well, happy belated birthday. This is my gift to you. A great podcast experience. Great, thanks. (laughs) So, I'm excited to bring you on the podcast to chat about the growth of photonics in the 21st century. Uh, You know, really looking at how this technology has changed, where it's come from, uh, why this century is really the century of the photon, some of your challenges that you've seen with this technology, um, whether that's in its applications or just in, in the very minuscule size of the technology, and then looking at the next 10 years of photonics, what is still untapped, uh, where do you see these applications going in the future? So I'm excited to dig in. Hope you are too. Absolutely. So before we jump in, I know your company just passed your ISO 9001 certification audit and also your ISO 170 five audit, which is the for the calibration laboratory. Um, you know, tell me a bit about those certifications, when they passed, and how they're important for this. You know, photonics industry and uh, creating great photonics technology. Well, in in our case, the um,
1: the quality system is kind of foundational, and uh, a lot of our customers are large multinational, multi billion dollar companies. And they have expectations uh, of our quality system, and what we're finding is that uh, through the process of having our quality system certified uh, through an independent accreditation, that that gives us better credibility in the industry and in the and with our customers. So, so I've been with the company now four years, and it's uh, it's been an initiative that we that we took on. Um, to formalize our quality system and to push to the point of having it um, independently uh, certified. The 17025 is for calibration laboratories. It's, a, it's an international standard as well that um, that talks to the quality management systems of a calibration laboratory and, and its requirements. It has more technical uh, elements to it. And because an awful lot of the parts that we produce are, are calibrated, um, meaning the measurements that we make, uh, we make on devices that are traceable to uh, national metrology uh, institutes uh, like NIST or the NRC from Canada, that, um, that again, the, uh, the calibrations that are done are done with more credibility.
0: Um, because of that, right, well, especially working with photonics technology, where a lot of its main applications are either health related or food related um, you know where you really need to be precise with the information you 're gathering i 'm sure customers that are purchasing these products from a company like yours you know they want to feel self assured that you're competent you know what you're doing so having these certifications can only help with that that's absolutely right and the uh,
1: both the certifications and the traceability that we offer uh, through the national standards are are critical elements to uh, to the calibration work that we do yeah
0: definitely so let's go ahead and dig into photonics technology and we'll start with a brief history um you know I know that the kind of the the talk around this industry is that the 20th century was the year of the electron and now the 21st century is the century of the photon, which is, is exciting. You know, it's seeing this technology expand and really grow and find new applications and, you know, we're only, what, 18 years into this century, so there's still plenty of time to see how this technology continues to grow. So I wanted to know, from your perspective, what some of the most recent and exciting applications are in photonics and how you think this new wave of tech is affecting the bottom line for industries that are starting to implement it more and more.
1: The diversity of photonic technology is what is staggering to me, is the the broad range of applications across pretty much every industry in the world, uh, whether it's aerospace, defense, uh, bio, uh, biotechnology. Uh, Light is being used in instrumentation and in devices, in in so many different ways. Um, and what we find is that a lot of those devices need to be calibrated, standardized, and um, and standardized to the point where the results can be compared lab to lab, uh, for instance. And um, and so, it's just to me a staggering um, a staggering range of applications that are and and that is good and that is also the challenge uh, that we face is how do you appeal to and a, and become a you know create awareness in in so many different industries
0: yeah i mean that that diversity is both the blessing and the curse definitely i mean what are some of your favorite applications at the moment um you know some of the newest ones that you think are really showcasing the potential of photonics we have,
1: uh, we've just launched a product that has, um, NIST traceable spectral transmission, um, on a slide. So it allows digital pathology labs to, um, to calibrate the color rendition of the digital images they are taking and, um, and create a standardization that can then be used across labs. Uh, we develop, we developed that in, in, uh, consult with with two different cancer research agencies and have um, have additional products on the roadmap that uh, will help and en- help enhance that across applications
0: yeah, I mean, especially with pathology, how do you feel like this technology is changing the bottom line for that side of the healthcare industry? Uh, do you think photonics are really helping propel um, you know the way that The way that health professionals are able to then study disease and, you know, whether it's caused by pathogens or something else.
1: I think it's crucial because there are a lot of uh, artificial intelligence applications that are looking to be developed. And by having standardization of the image processing and the color rendition, uh, that makes comparison uh, much more uh, much more appropriate for the uh, for
0: the applications. And and lab- lab-to-lab standardization. Right, right, because that's the main issue is you don't want it to be, uh, I mean, you could have this technology or some different kind of standard in one lab, and then in the next lab over, you know, things are run just a little differently, and that could skew data, that could skew or, um, you know, delay any sort of actual tangible results from this data. And so having that standard across the board must be great. And when a technology can accomplish that, even better. Correct, yes. Yeah. So one of my favorite reasons uh, for its growth as well, or I guess one of my favorite applications would be in the food processing world, um, You know where color and really precise color is used to detect problems in crops um, and in outputs and yields, which is, is so crucial. Tell me a bit about the agricultural world and how photonics is affecting that market.
1: It's, it's not an area that I'm directly involved with, but uh, recently I saw a demonstration of um Of drone applications where they are doing um, spectral scans of the uh, of crops, and they're using they're using the results of that to predict um, mold growth or the uh, the maturity of the plants and whatnot. Um, So it's just it's just yet one more application where where um, an imaging. Uh, application is in place to uh, to evaluate data.
0: Well, and I think a technology like this is even more crucial in a time like today, where I think we we see a lot of challenges in the agricultural industry. I mean, the population continues to increase. We're looking at sustainable ways to try and meet that growth, and something like a technology that can detect and um, you know better prevent major issues. In crop yields, um, can can jump on problems faster. I mean, that kind of that kind of proactivity is definitely needed, and I think it's reflective of an overall trend of how can we make all of our actions more sustainable and finding technology that really empowers that. And and
1: using those technologies um, to analyze analyze the results and the data um, are are crucial to um, to that
0: outcome. Yeah, definitely. And so I know that your mind is actually <laughs> kind of fresh off of photonics because you personally just had a meeting with the Rochester Regional Photonics Cluster last week, um, You know, meeting once a year with this geographic region, talking on the growth in the photonics industry there, um, some new exciting tech, kind of ha- uh, a meeting of the minds. So tell me a bit about that meeting and some things that you learn from that annual meeting? Um, and what's, what's getting you excited about your geographic region's applications for photonics? Uh,
1: the, the group itself uh, represents about 120 companies in the, in the New York State area. Um, and what I found out uh, at the meeting was uh, that 120 companies represents about $3 billion in, in revenue. Um, and is generating on the order of five to seven percent employment growth, which you know every every region, economic development uh, area is interested in employment, obviously. And to uh, to achieve that level of growth in New York State, I think is is quite impressive. We um, we have as a as a community and state um, negotiated uh, and worked with the uh, federal government, uh, to be designated as, um, part of the American Institute of Manufacturing. Um, we are responsible and involved with the, um, integrated photonics initiative, which is basically, um, light on a chip, if you will, a photon, a photonics integrated circuit. So, um, New York state and the federal government combined have committed a 500, um, $500 Five hundred million dollar investment uh, to uh, to develop that technology, and uh, and we're at the forefront of of that. It's a very specific technology. It as diverse as photonics is. This is one very specific application or specific technology. But once it's created, think of what semiconductors did in the twentieth century. Um, this is just explosive, I think, as far as the potential uh, going forward.
0: Yeah. Do you think that this employment growth, 5 to 7% in your region, is reflective of growth in the photonics industry nationwide, uh, or do you think that your geographic region is doing something differently that's really setting the bar high for what the rest of the nation should look at, uh, whether technologically or um, from the you know business side of things?
1: It's my understanding, and I'm not a I'm not a, an expert, but it's my understanding that um, the New York representation in the U S is by far the largest and strongest, uh, uh, within our country. Um, the, uh, when you look at global, uh, presence of, uh, photonics based companies, uh, particularly in the area of making the core components for photonics based systems, um, uh, we're, we're a significant contributor. And in some cases, um, As large as other whole countries are, the um, the U.S., Europe, and Japan are really the big three participants right now in terms of in terms of um, what I'll call market share with China. It growing and becoming an ever-increasing influence as well.
0: So you mentioned that at your Rochester Regional Photonics Cluster meeting, you and the rest of the businesses there are looking at completing a photonic integrated circuit, which is light on a chip, like you said. And... I feel like that is a core component, right? And looking at a value chain upwards, that core component then helps enable products, which helps enable markets, and then that helps enable services in general. Um, I guess what I want to ask is, your geographical region, when approaching growth in the photonics industry, do you focus mostly on the core components is that where most of the innovation and you know where people should be looking to innovate is at? Or is it more big picture, looking at what services do we need to enhance and then sort of drilling down from there? I guess I'm asking if you start small and go big or if you start big and go small. Uh, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> it, both. Yeah. Uh, both. Yeah,
1: both. Uh, obviously, obviously, technologies allow uh, things to get smaller. And um, and the technologies and core components, we're, we're continually challenged with with creating critical features on on glass substrates that are smaller and smaller and smaller, because the sensors and the systems are are more demanding of that. Um, you know, we're w- working at, at the uh, wavelength of light and, and less in some cases. so so the the demands are for the components to be better and better in order to enable Better products.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that size challenge because it's a really big challenge for a very small, like literally small problem. Is that like you're working with these materials in a non-visible wavelength spectrum? They're getting smaller and smaller. And I was wondering, from your point of view, why do you think this has become more prevalent in the past few years? I mean, I know technology in general is getting smaller and more compact uh, and more efficient. Um, are you seeing that same trend in photonics? And and why? And then I guess. What new challenges does that size reduction bring?
1: Uh, Well, it certainly it certainly challenges us because the uh, manufacturing technologies that we have in place have a have a a threshold as far as what they can accomplish. And so there's there's key investment required to uh, to be able to follow that curve, if you will, uh, the technology curve and uh, and stay competitive in that market. Um, if you think about, you know, in the late nineteen ninety s to early two thousands, even camera technology, um, you know, first it went from film to digital, but then even with digital cameras, they got smaller and smaller, and now everybody's got a camera on their phone, it, and that that path is is just a good example, I think, of how the evolution of technology is just going to continue to. Um, to create more more capacity um, on a for memory on a stored on a chip, um, I think the transmission of data is a critical challenge with all the telecommunications uh, efforts, and light has become a a key part. Photonics has become a key part of of data transmission as a result.
0: Right. Well, I mean, people are just seeing how efficient light can be in transferring data and, uh, you know, no industry is staying away. Um, I think that's what you mentioned earlier is such an exciting but also challenging part of being in the photonics industry is that you have a diversity of industries that you work with and for. So, you know, creating products for fiber optics or homeland security or topographical scanning I mean, they all require different deliverables. So how do you find that the industry stays ahead of these technological changes and industry specifications in um, you know, providing products and different solutions for different demands and needs? Uh,
1: from our standpoint, it's to try and stay in as part of the conversation as much as we can in the uh, in the development of new standards, for instance. Um, I I participate in a uh, in an ISO uh work group for the development of barcode standards. And, you know, our company has been involved with, with uh, barcode calibration standards for since the beginning of barcodes pretty much. And, um, and so we have a, we have a, a seat at the table and there's continual changes even there in terms of new symbols and new requirements, um, new applications and so on um, that, that will continue to challenge the uh, the manufacturers of scanners and verifiers and printers. And, you know, we help to provide standardization across all of that.
0: Right. No, I mean, I, I appreciate that the the main point of that is the conversation aspect of it, right, is that as the technology continues to increase and get get more efficient, but at the same time a little more challenging to work with, you want to be part of that conversation from the beginning of, all right, how can we best integrate this? What industries are going to get the most use out of this PIC, Um, you know, this Photonics Integrated Chip, or whatever other uh, core component you're working on? That conversation aspect of it is essential to not only staying ahead of the curve, but staying in the curve, I guess, if that makes sense. You know, like, you don't want to be left out of the conversation and then, and then told all right this is uh this is the kind of product we need and it's like okay well i've I've never had to." Create something like this. I don't even know where to begin. What are you actually looking for here? You know, being part of that initial conversation of what services do you need completed, what solution are you looking for? That's uh, that's essential. I'd say, especially with an emerging technology like this.
1: It's very true, and and our sales our sales team engages with the customers that they talk to on a daily basis. In terms of what their requirements are, you know, they often come to us because they have a need for a way to measure or calibrate a device they're they're building. That conversation helps us to stay current in what's the what's the emerging uh,
0: market need uh, as those as those pieces of uh, equipment are being created. So, Glenn, the last thing that I want to ask you on is. Peering into the future a bit and looking at the next 10 years of photonics. Um, That might be too broad of, uh, of a time frame. We might just need to look at the next year of photonics because it sounds like this technology is updating itself and finding new applications at a pretty breakneck speed. But I wanted to know what you've seen is still untapped markets or untapped potential for photonics. You know, as you look at new, uh, new core components to develop, which then down the line will enable new services or revolutionize old services, uh, what do you see as some of the biggest applications that have yet to be you know, put to use? Uh, one, of the, you know, one of the areas that's getting an awful lot of attention
1: um, that we see right now is augmented reality. And, and 3d imaging is an example um, where where light uh, in from a from a component standpoint light is being used um, in a structured way to to create predictable images where um, uh, where the, the the data coming back from that image can be used for measurement and uh, whether it's whether it's in the bio field or in in uh, 3d measurement of a part, um, light is being used in those applications. And, uh, I saw some data recently in the last three years, the, um, compound annual growth rate is about 8% for the industry, which, you know, is far surpassing typical, uh, GDP growth. And, um, and I think that, I think that, that we're just getting started
0: as far as the applications go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if this is just the tip of the iceberg, I guess who knows where this technology is going to take us. And uh, that's that's the best kind of industry to be a part of. It, it really is. I had, I had
1: the pleasure of being at Kodak when one category of product was growing 40% a year, and it was a, a really fun
0: place to be. Well, Glenn, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us your insight on this great growth of photonics in the 21st century. Um, Looking at some of the most recent applications, some of the biggest challenges, and where you still think things are going to go. You know, I'm definitely going to be contacting you again soon, because it sounds like things change pretty quickly in the photonics world. So, it's going to be great to stay updated, see what new technology, or excuse me, to see what new technological applications are around the corner, and uh, how that's going to affect industries as a whole. Thank you very much, Daniel. I appreciate it. I look forward to sharing some of the uh, some of the new products that, uh, that we get to play a part in. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.